love solving problems. I mean, I think that's why I was like, I gotta get involved with like other companies immediately. And I can't stop because it's just like the joy of like solving problems on a constant basis. Welcome to an all new season of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, ladies. All right. Well, this is Jamie. And happy Valentine's Day. So guys, in the past, you know, we've explored love and sex and romantic relationships on Valentine's Day. But today, we want to explore the most important and really precious relationship that you have, the one with yourself. How can you listen to your own intuition and believe in yourself to live your best life? Today's guest is an amazing example of somebody who does just that. Okay, so for a little backstory, a few years back, George and I were at Expo East. So George is my husband, of course, and Expo East, if you don't know what that is, it is a huge trade show, and they actually have Expo East and Expo West, so they have one on the West Coast too. It is every natural food brand at this convention center, and I mean thousands of brands, and it's a really cool thing, and we go every year. And when you go as media or an influencer, oftentimes the PR companies for these different brands will reach out to you and say, hey, do you want to interview our client? You know, do you want to come over and learn about the brand and, you know, whatever the case may be. So we were invited to conduct an influencer interview with the CEO of one of the brands at the show. And oftentimes when we're invited to do these sit-downs by their teams, it like is a whole pomp and circumstance thing. It's like an entourage of publicists and they all stand around with their clipboards and they're listening to the interview very nervously and shaking their heads. And I kind of assumed this one would be similar because it was a pretty big brand that the CEO was from. Well, I kind of assumed wrong. So George and I go at our prescribed time to meet up with this CEO and her name is Maya French. She was a serial entrepreneur who co-founded Koya which is a line of plant-based beverages. And George and I, by the way, were already obsessed. So we go to meet her and she's sitting by herself on this humble little picnic bench out in the sunshine on the little plaza outside the show. We approached her table. She like beckoned us over. She said, come on guys, sit down. She had a big smile. And this carefree, breezy demeanor that we encountered didn't give a hint to what was underneath. This powerhouse of a young woman who had made the Forbes 30 under 30 list and it created a brand that today has over 25 million in sales annually. Oh, and did I mention that she co-founded said brand at 23 years old with no prior experience in the food and beverage sector? Well, of course, the brightest and most confident CEOs don't usually need bravado. They have that subtle power confidence that is attractive. And Maya French has just that. She sure does. Heidi here. During a pandemic, as happened for so many, Maya reassessed her life. She decided to take some time off from the day-to-day focus on Koya and explore other avenues of life, including advising other companies and traveling the world. So to some, this type of world travel might sound like a vacation, but to Maya, ever in pursuit of research, she knew that experiencing food, art, and culture abroad was critical if she wanted to keep innovating bigger and bigger. In 2021, she was introduced to the brand Mezcla and decided to invest and also come on as an official advisor. It led her to conduct a tremendous amount of market research, which led her to the project on which she's currently working, which is a bit of a top secret work in progress launching in April. But we will let her share more on that from us with her own lips. So listen to this show if 
you want to learn some boss babe secrets from someone who became a multi-million dollar founder in her 20s. You're looking for the ultimate in health and food trend forecasting. Hint, low glycemic index. I'm very all about this, guys. And you could use some sage advice about keeping focus on what's important between business and the bigger picture of life. Okay, but first, we're going to do our rant segment today. And because it's Valentine's Day, guys, let's just get right into it. Valentine's Day dinner, yay or nay, love it or hate it. Okay, Heidi here. Everybody knows I freaking hate them. I 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 think they're the worst thing in the world. You know, I met my husband, Alex, the summer I graduated college. And I even remember from college and high school. I mean, first of all, everything about Valentine's Day, like that a dozen roses cost $100. You know, it's so silly. And like every other day, they're like $9.99. Anyway, but the dinner, the price fix. If I'm going out for a romantic dinner, I want to order what I want. I don't want what's on the price fix menu, especially when the prices are like X3 of what they are every other day. I would so much for me rather have Valentine's Day and celebrate each other on another day. Like we used to do it the day before Valentine's Day or the day after because I just, I can't stand the price fix. Okay, someone else's turn. (laughs) (laughs) I love Valentine's Day, but I love all holidays. And Pat and I's first secret date was actually on Valentine's Day because when he's my brother's best friend, we know this. And when we first started dating, we were undercover because we didn't want anyone to find out until we were really sure we wanted to like get married and make babies. And so we, we went to this dive Irish bar in Manhattan and we had gin and tonics Aww. and it was pre-celiac. I think I ate like chicken fingers and fries like a three-year-old Cute. because it was bar food. Like it was the only place we could go was this Irish pub and that was all there was to eat. And then there was this guy Merlin making balloon art and he like made me a heart balloon. And I still have this little card Merlin. that says like Merlin the balloon. There's a magical Merlin who does kids parties in Manhattan. Oh my God. <laughs> and he does balloons. Well, Merlin made me a heart balloon. And then we got back on the pasture and went to Hoboken and we made out in a bank's ATM machine. And it was, um, it was just like you did. wild and crazy. And that was Valentine's Day. I love that. <laughs> oh, I love the idea of a day to celebrate love. I just don't like the restaurant situation and the road situation. I don't like price fixed dinner. I mean, I feel like because yeah. for you, any of us with food challenges, like I'm celiac. Like, okay, there's three things I can eat and none of them are on your little damn price fix and I'm not interested. That's exactly my I point. don't like a price fix. And I also do love a heart-shaped pizza. So like oh, we are definitely ordering like a heart-shaped pizza I'm surprising my kids with a trip to Florida for Valentine's Day, which they don't know about yet. So when this show airs, we will be in Florida. What? What? Funnest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. But I will order a heart-shaped pizza on like- I love it. The Tuesday before Valentine's Day. I would totally do heart-shaped pancakes for my kids. It's not that I'm anti-Valentine's Day. I'm literally just anti the meals and the rose price, the price gouging. Well, I'm not a big rose. I'd rather have hydrangeas. My husband has learned- I like single color bouquets. I like- Things that are hearty, like spider moms. I'm like real picky about my flowers. I can see them behind you, your spider moms. <laughs> yeah, I got some spider moms and some thistle and like a little mix there. Yeah. Very cute. All right, Jane, where do you fall? Well, I definitely am with you, Heidi. Hate the prefix. And because it literally is always like $150. It's something like ridiculous. And like we eat like 
rabbits, especially at dinner. We always choose our, you know, lunch is our bigger meal and then dinner we lighten up because that's how we eat from a health conscious perspective. And also the drink is always included. Well, and we don't drink. And so there's literally no reason for me to eat like seven bites at a restaurant and spend $150 for it. That just is bad math. Like I'm not going to do that. So we haven't gone out for dinner on a Valentine's Day excursion in quite some time. This particular Valentine's Day and when this show is airing, I will be in New York because I am on Good Morning America, what will be tomorrow morning, February 15th. So yeah, well, George is coming with me and he was all excited because he's like, oh, we'll be in a hotel on Valentine's Day. How fun. And I was like, you're like, I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to be getting ready for my GMA appearance. I'm not going to be paying attention to you, but I love you and we'll celebrate it later in the week. My favorite Valentine's Day ever was at a hotel, James. It was when I was working in LA and I had like a terrace and I was in a show. So every night I was working, so we couldn't go to dinner. And Alex went to my favorite vegan restaurant and picked out all of the dishes and brought it back. See, but that's what it should be. I mean, at the end of the day, enough with price gouging. Just make Valentine's Day a special moment with your family. When you have kids, also, it's different. Megan, I too remember the crazy, like, sexy Valentine's Days. And those are so fun. I love those memories. But now, yeah, heart-shaped pancakes for the kiddos, staying up late to make the damn shoebox thing to send them in so they can do the Valentine's in class. I think our school is banning that because of COVID germs somehow. Like, they're like, you have to give them out outside of school. And I'm like, Uh, and they created a day called Friendship Day where you have to pay the school to give the things. What? Oh my God. I don't know. I do wish you guys could see inside of my house right now, though. It's as if Valentine's Day vomited. I've seen it on Instagram, Megan. There's no... Except in my office. I should yeah, I was like, like, Megan, I don't see a single heart behind you. So no, it's funny. I can't with your house. It's- I need to now fix that. <laughs> The fact that you have the time, like I would kill to have maybe like an eighth day in the week that I could reserve to do Megan level activities. <laughs> if there was just an eighth day. But see, for me, it's stress relief. It's yeah. I don't need an eighth day. Like that's yeah. when, when I'm feeling anxious, then I like make yeah. something. I love it. It's a real Amazing. release for me. So we all love the idea of Valentine's Day. We don't love the prefixed price gouged nonsense surrounding it. Right. Which I think is probably a pretty solid opinion across the board. I think most people can probably concur, but I think that basically all holidays just become like a stress factory when you have kids because it's just chores for you to do. So that's just really the long, unless you're Megan, unless you reframe it and cool, it's going to make you do something that you don't want to do. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, Jamie and Heidi don't want to do. Yeah. Well, right. Well, we're on the topic of rolling up your sleeves and just doing the hard things and living the big dream. Let's talk to Maya. So Maya, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. We got a lot to cover today, girl. So before we get into kind of the Maya of today, because I know there's a lot that's been going on recently, can you just take us back to the beginning? We want to hear a little bit about your kind of meteoric rise in business. I know a lot of our listeners would really like to know maybe just where you found the courage and the confidence and like the knowledge and, and really just the resources to found Koya at just 23 years old. I mean, when I was 23, by the way, I was busy like dancing on a speaker at a nightclub and acting a fool. So where you found the resolve to succeed at such a young age is really quite something. And did you find it more difficult as a woman? Let's just put that out there. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, for starters, Jamie, I definitely had my dancing on table party stage. (laughs) And I think I was pretty much burnt out by 23. So, (laughs) and like thinking about, okay, who do I want my career to look like? I met my partner... Dustin, when I was actually 21, and he was an entrepreneur, had his painting company before, and uh, was like, I need help building out juice bars and grocery stores. And I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds fun. Uh, At the time, I was still taking classes and going to school, but I did drop out after founding Koya. And it started off as a juice company. 
classic story of, you know, being in your kitchen at home and like thinking of cool formulas. And we came up with an idea for a protein drink. And the inspiration behind that was really me being lactose intolerant. So that was like the driving force, creating something that actually like helps people in their everyday life and definitely helped me and made me feel better and get more into health and wellness in general. So, you know, when something's driving you that way, it's like everything else, the fear just goes out the window. You have nothing to lose. You have this like sense of confidence, but you're also like going through a growth period. It's like my college experience, basically. I just have to interject because I might be your biggest fan. I might be Koya's biggest fan. I like, I have to put it out there that my, my bar is stocked with these and I really, really love them. And I'm not lactose intolerant, but this is the only thing that hasn't made my stuff. Like, I don't feel like that stomach cramping bloating. I get they're lower in sugar than the average kind of drink. I'm just the biggest fan. I think you need a subscription service so that I can just have them delivered without having to go to ShopRite. Because they, the, every time the cashier is like, you must really like these. And I'm like, yeah, because it'll be like a yes. cart. <laughs> Get to sign up for the text messages. You get all the exclusives and all this. Oh, I need to do. Okay. Because <laughs> my husband is a fan as well. Yeah. And my kids, I'm like, let me make you a smoothie because then I can sneak more uh, kale and stuff in it. But I'm the biggest fan. Yeah. I was going to say, like, a lot of us make smoothies in our kitchens, but not all of us turn it into a $25 million annual a year company. So, like, can you just take us through, like, the journey a little bit? Because I just cannot wrap my head around having the courage. When I was 23, I had a lot of big dreams, but I never followed any of them through because I didn't believe in myself enough at that time. What made you be like, damn it, I could just do it. And then you just did it. I think really it was a lot of support, like having a business partner was really supportive because we were not in this alone. It's more like together. So every time there is a, a moment of doubt, you know, we're just cheering each other on along the way. And another thing is just, yeah, I think it's kind of keeping your head down. I, funny enough, I didn't really tell my friends. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> you like, you know, fast forward to like me living in LA because I started in Chicago. And they're like, wait, wait, what? Like, what's going on? And it, it's kind of like blocking out the noise. Like for me, it was a defense mechanism or just like a way to kind of shield myself from any doubters. So I was just like, I'm going to focus on the bottom line is like getting this product into people's hands and not really. So your friends were like, she's a secret drug dealer or <laughs> she's part of the mafia. We don't know what she's doing, but yeah. she pays the bills. <laughs> They're like, yeah, and she's not around a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that, you know, surprisingly enough, helped a lot. It's not really oversharing, but really just staying focused the in- entire way. And, and really having the industry is so wonderful because everyone's always willing to help. You know, we're all working towards the same mission at the end of the day. And that mission. Which industry are you referring to? Natural food. <laughs> I'm like, do you mean beverages? Do you mean? Yeah, yeah. No, the natural food food space is a pretty incredible community, especially having grown the way it has in the past. And everyone's mission-based. Like people really do seem to just want to make a healthier world, right? Like, do you find that? Definitely, definitely. Everyone just wants to to make great products and everyone has like this mission and and what they want to change the world in some way through their products. It's interesting because when we started Koya, this was like at the very forefront of the natural food industry. And I've seen like these trade shows like Jamie, we met at Expo East, was it? 
And these trade shows have grown year over year, just like doubling in size because now everyone's like having the courage to like come out with these like cool and better for you products. And like at the end of the day, we're going to start seeing convenience stores like the 7-Elevens are already starting to have like healthier sets. So it's really incredible, you know, what's happening. We're just trying to change our entire food system as a whole. So why not help each other out? I'm just curious what you think your secret sauce was, right? Because like we've said, people make smoothies at home. There's other smoothies on the market. What do you think was the tipping point for you? Why your product stood out and was so successful? Yeah, I think the quality of the product, to be honest. And one thing we also did was we put the ingredients on the front of the label instead of the back. So, and then we were very young. But that's subtle, but yeah. that's smart. <laughs> it was even more like juice back in the day. Like we've gone through several rebrands, but we literally like how you see our export bar, we were kind of listed out just like that. Because we were both in Chicago at the same time. We're probably looking at each other like, yeah, <laughs> like this works. <laughs> so uh, Now, what does the name mean? It derives from the Nicoya Peninsula, which is a blue zone, and that's in Costa Rica. Blue zones, people live the longest on Earth, and they, they have plant-based diets. And so that's where the name comes from. And they live the longest with the highest quality of living. Yes, exactly, well. which we all strive for. Okay. So during the pandemic, I think many of us had a pivot where we just sort of reassessed what's important to us. And I understand you decided during the pandemic to step away from the day-to-day operations of my favorite company (laughs) and take uh, some other paths forward, including advising other wellness brands and traveling the world to expand your cultural palette. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I kind of reflect back on it. I was like, man, was it a symptom of like the great resignation and which is like a really exciting time for the entire country. But yeah, it's kind of entering this new decade of life. So, you know, prior to... Does that mean, wait, you turned 30? <laughs> yeah, I, I try to like okay. sugarcoat it in the new decade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, just need to be clear that you're talking about turning 30 as I stare down 47. <laughs> You look great. You look wonderful. Thank you. It's the hat. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I entered in the new decade. And like in 2019, I made Forbes 30 under 30 list. So it was like prior to that, everything was like sprint, sprint, sprint. Like get this product out there. Like build the product. Like get it in Whole Foods. Dominate Whole Foods. Dominate like all the other retailers. Then I get Forbes 30 under 30 in 2019. I'm going on these like crazy press tours, like traveling all around the country, spreading the good word, ton of fun. Pandemic hits, everything slows down. And it's like, okay, time for reevaluation. Like I've been working so hard at this thing. We have an amazing team in place. Like everybody's crushing it. it. I'm not having that like, you know, fight or flight that I'm having every day in the past. And I was like, I feel comfortable, but also I feel uncomfortable being comfortable. And I, I was like, I have, what do I want the next 10 years of my life to look like? Well, I, I really love this industry. You know, I really enjoy helping people and I want to take some time off and kind of, you know, figure out how I can explore other ways of like happiness and think about, you know, how I can lay the groundwork for the next 10 years. So I figured that that was the perfect time to do it because everyone's resigning. (laughs) So like you launch a successful company like this, are you financially set at that point where it allows you to take that breather? (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) She says with a giggle. That is the thing too. Like, I'm very blessed to be able to take 
a breather because I've, you know, worked so hard. Like I come from the South side of Chicago. I don't come, you know, from wealth. Everything is like through my hard work. No, like, and now you're wealthy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm like, I'm good. I'm still like, I still have like grandiose goals, of course. So yeah, don't, don't go around telling everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's knocking on your door for a hand now. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But I mean, was it scary? Like, okay. So you had like this, like financial security blanket, but still it's gotta be scary as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's still scary. Cause I'm like, I'm in the thick of it right now. And like, I've had to kind of like reevaluate everything. So what I did was I was like, I'm going to do some solo travel. Well, actually, okay. I lie because what I first did was thinking about the next 10 years. I was like, I have to start something right away. So I started working on like I'm literally like one month after I started working on like a new beverage company and I'm like, you know, grinding it out. And then I was like, wait, okay. I I feel like I'm being rushed into finding the most perfect idea because how do you top how do you top Koya? Koya is amazing, right? You have all this pressure. So I'm, here I am like feeling rushed and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like aligned with the right path. And so I decided to take some time off, like kind of draw everything back to the beginning and do some solo travel, which really, really was, I can't tell you how important it is to like, just take a break sometimes. I've learned so much. <laughs> how long of a break did you take? I would say, okay, I could say it's a year, but then like right after I, I went to Mexico for about a month and I just got back from London. And right before I went to London, I started like working with another company. And then like probably right before I went to Mexico, I started advising some companies and I was just like, wow, I can't stop working because I really, really (laughs) enjoy the industry that much. So it's like, yeah, it's a break, meaning I'm not working like you know, a hundred hours a week. <laughs> and like I can sit on the- a break from your norm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So you did all this travel, all this, I'm assuming there was a little soul searching combined with the extra work you took on. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, you probably like saw some different brands and, you know, had a chance, as you mentioned, you started working with different brands and that, if I'm correct, led you to discover the health bar Mezcla last year? Yeah. So I was introduced to the founder Griff through a social agency that we'd used in the past. And, you know, I don't really like bars. I'm going to be honest, like most bars in the market are dry. They're like, you know, very like hard and just too much or like hurt my tummy. So I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I'll talk to him, hop on the Zoom because I really love, you know, helping out young entrepreneurs, especially like fresh out of college and women. I might be a little biased, but, you know, I'm like, I want to help these people because I feel like these people have like the most hurdles in the industry. So I took the phone call. He shipped me some product and I was like, oh my God, like literally blown away the best bar that I've ever tasted. What's so great about it? Like, can you describe the bar for someone who's never had it? And how do you say it? It's called Mezcla. Mezcla. It's almost like Mezcal, yeah. but not Mezcla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I really appealed to me about this bar, it's like similar to Koya, high protein, very low sugar, but it has like this amazing rice crispy texture. Mm. And then like some of it has like a chocolate glaze or like the matcha has like this kind of like white chocolate glaze and it's so good the texture is just like chewy are they gluten-free yeah. asks the celiac and plant-based and i was like 
this, I want to be a part of this journey. So I, uh, oh, so now you have another job. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many jobs. So what I'm doing is like, I came on as an official advisor. I also invested and this was like, I'm not investing. But I was like, I want to invest in it. It's like I'm doubling down <laughs> on it because I think that it's such a cool product. So I got to be honest, I have not seen these on the market yet. Like, where are they available? Tell me, like, where am I finding it? Is it like a Whole Foods? So they'll be in Whole Foods. I'm really excited for them um, in the spring. But for now, like Fresh Market, you can find them online. So Amazon or the website, Eat Mezcla. Yeah, they're really great, really smart motivated founder. Just love being a part of the journey. So, And then I'll wash it down with my Koya. <laughs> Double the protein. So with these bars, you started working with them and then that led you to another big project that you're about to launch. Yes? Yes. So another thing is after I got back from Mexico, which I spent like a month there, I was very motivated and started like talking to a ton of founders. I started talking to a ton of investors and just really trying to figure out like, what are the cool trends that are going on? Cause I'm like thinking about the next big thing. You know, one thing, this one woman that I was talking to, she's the CEO and founder of Outer Isle Gourmet, which they make the like cauliflower cuffs. And she's like, low glycemic, like low glycemic. This makes so much sense. So we're like talking about that and talking about products that really like cater to people with chronic illnesses. And so, you know, a, a buddy at Eat Dough, because I know everyone in the community was like, you got to meet this lady. This She's like amazing. She's like working on this really cool like snack brand that focuses on low glycemic ingredients. So, you know, as entrepreneurs do, we went on a couple dates, <laughs> like Zoom dates. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I really felt like a connection with her. And I was like, Yes, anything that I can do to like help you launch. So now we're on this like incredible sprint. I'm like building out her marketing department. It's due to launch in April. I'm not saying the name yet, <laughs> but it is, you know, very exciting, very mission based. I'm all for it. And really, I think it dials into what I think my personal purpose is and like what leads me in every like project that I look into, even like starting my own. And that's accessibility, like creating products or services that are accessible to people that wouldn't normally have access to it. I love that. Well, so I have a question. I mean, this is, you kind of just like hinted at this before, knowing that you're just kind of the queen of knowing what's trending in the health food space in general, maybe other than or including low glycemic, what is hot on your radar right now? Like it could be products or just like trends in the space. What are you seeing and forecasting for 2022? Yes. So really interesting state of the industry right now. You know, you have a lot of seasoned veterans that are coming out with new products and really understand the space. And then you have like an influx of like all these trendy products and like celebrity owned brands. So I'm definitely seeing more and more celebrity owned brands that kind of you fit with their MO and like whatever their personal mission is. And, you know, I have very biased opinions about that. Some are really cool. Some are not, <laughs> some are not <laughs> so much. So we're seeing a ton of that. I think another, of course, plant-based meats are like exploding. I'm really excited to see like, you think about those chicken nuggets daring. They're like chicken strips. I'm like, whoa, they're at like a local restaurant now. And these, like you're going through food service, you're in retail. So that's really huge. Of course, plant-based is never going away. It's always going to be a very, very like exciting trend. But what I also mentioned is like the chronic conditions, like trends that 
foods that really focus on like solving for chronic conditions. I re- recently saw like a beverage that basically solves for hair loss. <laughs> no. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I know. Like typical like alopecia or just hair loss that or, comes with or like collagen. <laughs> it's like a mixture of like, you know, herbs and great ingredients that like help you like regrow hair. And this one, this one is like international, but again, like my eyes and ears are everywhere because I've been traveling and I'm like, whoa, this is really exciting. I'm seeing this like here too, you know, again, marketing companies like liquid death. So (laughs) I say they're not really marketing companies, but they have like coming up with amazing content, like really strong branding. I was in the UK, like pre pandemic. And I realized that they had like exceptional branding. I was like, why aren't we catching up? But as you see, like more and more young creatives and branding experts coming out with products uh, that are trendy, we're coming out with this like really similar look. But do you think it's still in the space? It's solving, it's problem solving, right? So you're solving for gluten allergies, you're solving for for milk intolerance. And if you're talking about solving for inflammatory you know, conditions, it mm-hmm. would be anti-inflammatory products. Yes, exactly. So we're seeing a lot of that's again with the low glycemic, it's like very, it's like a halo. So you think about keto and like all of these diet trends that are happening. And a lot of it is to prevent chronic conditions, even though keto is like very controversial because people still think that it could lead to long-term cardiovascular uh, disease, you know. So I'm seeing a lot of just basically finding things that are like better for you. So like new renditions of things that we've already had, like you see like this mac and cheese, Gal Gadot just came out with like the Goodles mac and cheese, like better for you mac and cheese. You have like Dream Pops is better for you, like low sugar uh, popsicles. and. So are they actually better for you or is it branding? As in, is it now full of chemicals? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or are we steering away from chemicals? So I think there's three categories, right? There's like really, really good for you, which is like the products you'll find at like your very high end health food stores. And then you have like the better for you and better for you typically steer along the sides of like low sugar and then better for you ingredients that are like, when I say that, that means it's like gluten free. They're like plant based, but you also have like your vegan junk food. So I say there's some things, a lot of things kind of fall in the category of vegan junk food, but they have like healthier ingredients. So they might not be something that you could like overindulge in, but they're still considered guilt-free because it's better than what you're finding at your like local, you know, convenience store, like Kroger, your typical products that are like very low price as well. So Maya, I'll shift gears. I'm the nosy one. I'm (laughs) Megan, the magazine editor. And I heard that you were willing to talk about your decision to begin therapy and to take on some executive coaching. And you said that it was really transformative for you. And I think that would be really valuable for our listeners to hear more about. Yeah, definitely. So just thinking through my journey and like needing a little bit more guidance, I've always been the type of person that's like, you know, not so like outwardly open and like vulnerable. And, you know, you didn't tell your friends you had a business. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Successful business. <laughs> so, yeah, I was looking for one with therapy. I was looking for someone to kind of talk to. And, and then also, I really felt like personal growth is so important to me. And so I felt like this was an easier way to really understand why. I have doubts and fears or like, you know, why I behave in certain ways. And a lot of that, you know, stems from childhood trauma. So it's like 
what specifically I'm working on is like understanding like what are those triggers. So because overcoming things is a journey. It's nothing that you're just going to like, oh, I go to therapy for a month and I figure it out right away. It's like there's a process to it. So at the very least, I'm being able to understand triggers and like recognize it and then improve. And that's helping me in my personal life and in my business and like understanding like what causes setbacks. And it helps in very many facets. And then with executive coaching, which is another thing that I've started, I've just basically heard from everyone like, hey, you have to get an executive coach. Every successful person has had an executive coach or some type of form of coaching within their journey. And I've done like a ton of interviews with like many different types of coaches from like, you know, coaches to help out, you know, operational stage, coaches to help you like find your path in life, people that have more like a spiritual approach. And it just really like made a lot of sense to me, especially as I was like considering like, what if I start another company and I don't have a co-founder? Like, will I have an accountability partner? Like who will take place of that? So for many different reasons is why I seek out an executive coach. And I have an amazing one right now. She's actually based in London where I just was. And so the time zone can be a little difficult sometimes, but it's been really, really helpful for me to like gain clarity into the future and not just, you know, feel so overwhelmed with, I guess, other people's opinions or like expectations and kind of like draw back to myself and like really what makes sense for me moving forward. Do you think a piece of that for you? I mean, you had such incredible success at such a young age. And was there a moment of like, well, yeah, what's next? I mean, I've done the thing. Was that a piece of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really scary when you have something that's so successful and it's just like you knock it out of the park basically like the first try. It's like so intimidating. So and then like on top of that, like I told you, the first thing I did was start working on another product right away. And I think that that was less of what I felt comfortable with and more of like the pressure, like people constantly asking me like, what are you working on next? What are you working on next? What are you working on next? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Now my attitude is like, it's none of your business. And when I find out, I'll let you know. <laughs> but until when I feel like letting you know, I will let you know <laughs> when I find out. <laughs> my outside of business, do you have a strong support system and relationships that you lean into? Like, what is your, I'm nosy. What is your personal life like? Yeah, definitely. You know, I have friends that I've been friends with for like 10 years, you know, each person is different of which I can go to of which problems or not, you know, that just it works that way. And therapy has been like a huge support system. I have very supportive parents and like, you know, family life, which has been, you know, extremely helpful just to feel loved and feel that support when you're feeling down, you always have something to fall back on or someone to fall back on. And then recently, like, maybe six months ago started building like this really tight like just building a girl group and specifically just like girl group of people who are kind of dealing with some of the same challenges as I am I have this both like professionally and just like personally but it's been really helpful like you have your group chats or we go out to dinner and we have this like safe space where we're dealing with some of like the same things professionally, but also like in our dating lives. We're at the age where, you know, people are thinking about marriage or like some of my friends are already married and thinking about like family planning, which is like a huge thing when you're in your 30s. Is that important to you? Is that something that is important to you? Very important. Yeah. I think that's also kind of the driving force too. It's like 
something that gives me a little anxiety about like having to start something so soon or like figuring out what the next thing is because you're like, okay, wait, I want to also think about like starting a family. But then because I don't know from experience, I do know that you can do both, but because I don't know from experience, it's still a very scary thing. And there's no real business plan for the yes. family thing, right? Like, well, I'm super excited to see what Maya comes up with for pregnant moms and babies. Next. Yes, That's what totally. I'm really excited yeah. about because <laughs> you're a problem solver. Yes, exactly. I think you're going to make some amazing innovations in those spaces. Thank you. I love solving problems. I mean, I think that's why I was like, I got to get involved with like other companies immediately and I can't stop because it's just like the joy of like solving problems on a constant basis or like fighting fires constantly, which <laughs> kind of sounds a little bit psychotic, but it's a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> You're my people, Maya. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, I think is exactly cut from the same cloth. Set it all on fire so I can put it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on that note, Heidi, what do you say? Yeah, I know. So excited to see what you do next, Maya. But the very last thing that we'll ask you is a segment that we like to call Karmical. <laughs> Doesn't she say it so well? I wish everybody could see the faces of our guests' reactions when Megan says it. It's so great. Um, okay. So, but I'm going to explain because I'm the resident yogi that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. Mm -hmm. So we ask all of our amazing inspirational guests, you, what is one small actionable item that our listeners could take for a short period of time that would yield a large result? So it could be drinking water every morning. Small action, big result. Oh, man. I have a very small... It's an action. Yes. It is not drinking water. It's something that my coach had told me to like... It's like a trick to conquer fear. And so every day when you wake up in the morning and you decide to make decisions in your everyday life, think about, do you want it to lead with love or fear? So are your decisions being led by love or are they being led by fear? If they're being led by love, they're typically leading you in the right direction. If they're being led by fear, yeah, well, you're holding yourself back. So I think small action, big impact. Beautiful. Not trying to knock anybody else, any of our last hundred guests, but that might be my favorite karma call that we've ever had. <laughs> that is a good intention checking moment to have. Totally writing it on my wall. Thank you, Maya. <laughs> Thank you, you rock. We are so happy. Um, so wait, tell our listeners where they can find you on the gram if they want to follow along with your life and your journey. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> Maya J. French. That's my full name. M-A-Y-A-J as in Joe and French like the language. Love it all. Thanks, girl. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much. Cheers. <laughs> Maya has left the chat. All right, guys. I mean, I don't know about you, but she gives me like a little, not like an inferiority complex, but jeepers, 23 years old. Yeah. I, I tell no lie when I say I was a hot mess express when I was 23. Like, what were you guys doing when you were 23? I mean, I was acting on soap operas. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, by the time I was 23, I had my act together. But it wasn't, it was like around 23 when I got my act. I think I was an editor at Cosmo at that time and doing some TV. See, don't get me wrong. I had my act together on the outside. From the outside, I looked like I had it going on. But on the inside, to have had the wherewithal to have the confidence, like I had the togetherness to show up to a high-powered job and do a job at an office and pretend that I was a very serious professional. But to have the confidence to step out and be like, bitch, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I started working on my mess 
around 14. So by 23, I was like a pretty solid human. Right. Okay. I get that. Yeah. And I feel like I wasn't a solid human, even though I was like working and earning a great living and like showing up to work and killing it. I just, like James said, right? Like I was great on the outside. I think on the inside, I was not nearly as put together, which is probably what drew me to acting because you could pretend to be somebody else. (laughs) And I feel like probably like Maya, I also work gave me purpose. And Mm. through that purpose, I worked on myself. And like at Cosmo, I was, you know, I wrote the story, The Seven Secrets of Happiness, which was what sort of allowed me to make big changes and understand that big changes were possible. So I was in a good place at that age, shockingly. I feel like I didn't really have my stuff together until I started yoga, which was like late 20s for me. Yeah, mine's still coming together, but that's okay. Yeah, we're all work in progress. You know what, though? I think that she's such a great example of like what probably everybody would just love to be. Like she just, she got gritty. She got it in. She got it done. She accomplished the big goal. And then at 30, she's like, peace out. I'm taking my gap year now. Like she's just going to go backpack around to Europe, but like as like a wealthy adult. That's the dream, guys. It was a responsible <laughs> great resignation. Before the kids. That's 100% the dream. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Well, God bless. And she's... See what I mean? Like, she's just a pleasure. And what I like is people who are unassuming. Like, I love the fact, by the way, that she told nobody that she was building this huge business because I tell everybody everything. And I think it's one of my most poisonous traits. I have to learn to stop. Sometimes I'm like, close up shop, Jamie, close up shop. You know, if you tell everybody everything, you give away a lot of your emotional energy. And there's something very powerful if done in the right way by holding your cards close to the chest if you're doing it in the right way. And I think it's cool. I feel like I fall somewhere in between you two. Like I really am very superstitious. This is Heidi talking. And I really don't, because I was an actor for so long and because it wasn't until you were on set and they yelled action that the thing was actually happening because at any point it could lose funding. This could happen. That could happen. Actor, place, whatever. So it wasn't, I mean, actually, even if you did that, you could be cut out of something, right? right. That's why I like live television because it's done and it aired right. and you can't be edited or cut. No, but I'm saying, I think that's where my patterning of not talking about anything until it was done mm. came from. But like now I have like, you know, like I tell you ladies, yeah. If something is really exciting for me, but I don't blast it. I don't tell just anyone. I just tell you, right? I tell a very close knit group. I need to shut the F up. My husband tells me all the time, like, stop it. Stop it. Megan, I feel like you and I are on the same train. But I feel like even just with little things, like you guys know I'm like working on buying a house right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, as soon as one little thing happens, I get excited and I call my mom and I call my friends and I tell everyone. And it's like, and then the thing doesn't come through. And then you're like, wow, I just really put a lot out there when like, really, I just needed to like mind my business, stay in my lane, keep my head down until we are across the finish line. And I think that she gives me those vibes, right? She totally is like nose to the ground, get it done. And like, here's my final project. She's the one who wouldn't post a pregnancy photo until the baby was born. I have an announcement. (laughs) I've been cooking something up for nine months. Oh my God. That was my friend who's the editor-in-chief of Seventeen. She was six months pregnant before she told anyone. And you could really hide it pretty well on Zoom. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, I totally know people that don't say it. I mean, for a variety of reasons until the end. But I'm like, I'm in spandex all day, every day. Like, there's no hiding it for me. So I'm like, I'm pregnant. Right, totally. Sorry, that just reminded me of the last event that you and I did together live, Heidi, when I was like 11 months pregnant. (laughs) You were. You like gave birth the next day, practically. I was like so pregnant. And we did yoga. And Jamie was like, maybe we'll try CrossFlowX. And I'm like, oh, that's a really bad idea. I say in the description, it's not for pregnant people. (laughs) Oh, I did it. Asher was fine. All right. On that note, I can't wait to see what Maya is cooking up for us all that's launching soon in 
April. So stay tuned to her social channels. I'm sure she'll be sharing with y'all there. But thank you for tuning in today. I hope you were as inspired as we are. Don't forget to follow us on the gram. We are off the gram podcast over there. And don't forget to subscribe. And hey, leave us a couple stars, a couple comments. We love to hear from you. We love to hear feedback on the show. Follow us so you never miss an episode. And we will see you next time. Happy Valentine's Day.